on your feet. On your feet. On your feet, Highway. This is Service Headline News. I'm your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by our historian, Eric Perot. Hey, now. And our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? And we're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all servicemen and women. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as the Swearing In Podcast presents Service Headline News. Gentlemen, it's good to be back after just two weeks, but it feels like forever. Forever, man. It does feel like a long time. It did. It felt like a long time. I miss you desperately. So uh, did you guys have a good fourth? Nobody blew a finger up. We're all good. Yeah. Yeah. What was the guy from uh, the Giants, that defensive lineman who blew his hand up or blew a few fingers up? Peter Paul. Oh, Jason Pierre or Pierre Pierre Paul. Paul. Yeah, and he's a Buccaneer guy. That's right. He He won with, uh, yeah, he won. Yeah. Did he blow like these two fingers? Those two fingers? Yeah. A couple fingers off, man. Yeah. (laughs) That'll happen. Did you see that the fire in Parker by the real smart people that put fireworks in a plastic container? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, in Parker, two houses burnt down because of it. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the fourth. It's crazy. Wow, it's going to be back. Eric, lead us off. What do we got for today in history? Oh, I got a good one. You know, last week, two weeks ago, we always, the, the term, the War of 1812 kept coming up. So I thought it appropriate to give you a the War of 1812 history date. So this was an interesting Wait, what do you mean the War of 1812 kept coming up? We talked to, every time you guys talked about answering my uh, my day in history, you referred back to 1812. Remember? I think that's sarcastic. <laughs> Well, the only war I really know. As I recall it, now I have one for you from 1812. <laughs> oh. so I Wait, let me guess. <laughs> war of 1812? Oh, you're so sly, Jake. Yeah, you're but so you're, you're, you're stepping out of bounds here, man. So, oh, my bad. You're stepping out of bounds. Do you guys, who, do you remember who the players were in 1812? British. America. British, right? British. Yep, yep. American. Okay. So, Canada... Our friends up north, we invaded Canada. As you do. As you do, right? And so we had our big first excursion into Canada on July 11th, 1812. Oh, shit. Right? 2,500 American soldiers under General Hull reached the Detroit River and camped at Fort Detroit. At Amthersburg, on the Canadian side of the river, were about 100 British regulars, 300 militia, and 150 Indians led by Tecumseh. Oh. Oh. So, and oh, by the way, there were a number of other excursions into Canada that failed because our our, American Revolutionary Army was so poorly trained. You know, they were all uh, farmers and stuff, and they would run during the first sign of the British. However, this one was successful. So, General Hall sends a letter over to uh, the Canadian side that states, after 30 years of peace and prosperity, the United States have been driven to arms. The injuries and aggressions, the insults and indignities of Great Britain have once more left no alternative but mainly resistance or uncontrolled submission. The army under my command has invaded your country. 
<laughs> right? The standard of the Union now waves over the territory of Canada. To the peaceful and unoffending inhabitants, it brings neither danger nor difficulty. I come to find enemies, not oh. to make them. I come to protect, not to injure you. I have a force which will break down all opposition, and that force is but the vanguard of a much greater. If contrary to your own interests and the just expectations of my country, you should take part in the approaching contest, you will be considered and treated as enemies, and the horrors and calamities of war will stalk you. <laughs> stalk you? Stalk you. Whoa. Wow. General Hall was so, <laughs> so General Hall was so preoccupied with his attempts to terrify Canadians with printed words that he neglected to protect American forts on Lake Michigan. As a result, a small force of British and Indians captured Fort Michilimackinac. I can't pronounce an Indian name. While nice. other Indians seized Fort Dearborn, so his little excursion into Detroit was successful, but it resulted in a lot of mishaps down the line. So. For those of you who never thought the U.S. invaded Canada, you were wrong. July 11th, 1812. Well, we had a, I, I thought we had a, kind of a campaign up into there, right? Well, there was another I mean, excursion. not just that that incursion, but there was others, like a whole yes. campaign yeah. up in there, right? Yes. Yeah. They, the Americans thought that the Canadians were, harbor, well, the British were harboring and training Indians to come fight us on that side of the border. I'm sure they were, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Was it Canada back then? Was it still called, or was it Canada? It was Canada. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Um, well, interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Not, Not your cool. most interesting, but it is, <laughs> it's little known, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So rich and pillaged, all in the name of poutine. <laughs> all right. Thanks for making us all smarter, Eric. That I yeah. really didn't mean that as sardonic as it came out. <laughs> I really didn't. But I just heard myself and I was like, oh, what a, what a that's, that's why I was like, Okay, I'll take the dick filter on. Huh? Okay, I, I didn't mean it though. I didn't mean that. I was sincere. Eric's, Thanks, Eric. Eric's All your fragile. Hard work is I don't want to. I don't want to shy him. Shy him away. So it's painful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to the news. Uh, this first story I thought it was kind of cool. It's like a nothing story, but it's uh, uh, it's pretty neat. It's from the Virginia pilot reposted by stripes.com. So there's four generations in the Navy. This Hampton family has seen a hundred years of submarine history. So this, uh, this is a story about the will W I L L family. The last name was will, uh, and four generations of wills have served as submariners. Um, John Milan will senior was a 1923 graduate of the United States Naval Academy. He commanded submarine divisions in the Pacific and Military Sea Lift Command, achieving the rank of Vice Admiral. This is weird. I've never heard of this term in my life. Upon his retirement in 1959, he received a, quote, tombstone promotion, end quote, and hmm. retired as a four-star admiral. Have you ever heard of that term, tombstone promotion? 
What yeah. is a tombstone promotion? Like I guess what you to them. What what's <laughs> you're dead <laughs> to me, but you can have a start. I know. That is it's weird. That's right. When they retire, they give them one more rank. Ooh. I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. But he retired as a four-star admiral. Because what at what at what level does it have to be like Congress approved? Isn't it all in the general officer rank? Yeah, I sure thought so. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and and what senior in chief also in the Air Force, right? Top the top two are are. Uh, that's congressionally that's, It's congressionally mandated. They're not approved. There's oh, only a oh. percentage of the ranks that can be that. Hold yeah. that. Oh, you right. mean authorized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for the flag officers, they have to approve them, right? Yeah. Apparently not with a tombstone promotion. You just get it when you retire. So, But there's so not an increase get... in retirement pay. No. I'm looking. No, no, no pay. No, oh, no okay. That's what I was just going to ask. I was like, <laughs> no. Well, just... well you, you have to hold, normally, you have to hold a rank for what? A Top full three, year right? or two years? Yeah. Well, three to get the pay, but two to retire as. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except for in that case, I guess everything's waverable. So I guess this is like the honorary doctorate kind of thing. All right. Anyway, started, started with the Navy, by the way. John Mylan Will Sr. died in 1981. The second Will was the late Captain John Will Jr., who began his naval career in 1953 as the Navy was on the cusp of introducing nuclear-powered propulsion. John Will Jr. went on to be the first commanding officer of the USS Puffer, putting it in commission in 1968. Can there be... Any less threatening name of a subject. That's a hardcore man. Oh, hardcore. Puffer. <laughs> puffer is on our tail. Puffer fish. You think those guys when they're on shore leave and are like, hey, there's those puff boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. My God. Don't intimidate anybody with that puffer thing. They're already yeah. submariners, so they got a bad rap. <laughs> So that was the second will. The third will is Alex Will. In 1985, he was commissioned as an officer and assigned to fast attack submarine USS Silversides. Continuing what was affectionately dubbed a family tradition, Alex served aboard the Norfolk-based submarine for three years before completing two years of shore duty and transitioning to the Navy Reserve. He retired as a captain in 2016 after a 30-year career. His son... Adam Will uh, was pinned in May 2021 uh, while assigned to the Norfolk-based USS Washington, a Virginia-class fast-attack submarine. Although the Navy can't confirm it, Adam may be the only fourth-generation submariner. So that's pretty cool. I mean, there was a... It is pretty cool. If we go to war, (laughs) we're going to be saving Private Will. (laughs) No, he doesn't have any brothers. No, it's a family. It's a yeah, but the, the rest two of them retired. are dead. His dad is retired. Irrelevant. We're not saving Jack. Yeah, what was it? Did or you whatever say his the, first name was. The, the Sullivans, or is where that came from, right? The Navy yeah. guys. Yeah, I, guess. Um, the, I think there were four of them, and that and that ship all on the same ship, and the ship went down. Yeah, <laughs> this sort of fits the same story. It's like the whole families in the Navy and submarines. You know, you yeah, lose. but two of them are dead, and the other one's retired. 
Okay, you got me there. All right. To be fair, like you this happens with like logging families <laughs> and agricultural families too. I'm not. I'm missing the analogy. I'm, I'm. I'm missing the analogy. Well, a tornado yeah. comes. It takes out all those farmer wills. Yeah. Right. Nobody can. Nobody sends any troops to save the Johnson family farm. No. Okay. That's true. They're From all a savage thresher accident. I'm getting it now. So we're we're fine with the whole family getting wiped out. It's four brothers that we care about. So. Oh yeah. Okay. You... <laughs> Mostly Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Who was he? Yeah, Tom Hanks. Him and his Matt group. Damon. They care. Matt Damon. Yeah. They care. Uh, do you think that last guy who just got pinned? Do you think his son? Do you think he'll put pressure on that kid? No, it has to. Or is that kid just like you know, military is not for me? Uh... That kid's gonna go in the space force as a protest. <laughs> <laughs> Such a disappointment. Push, push back. Push back. Such a disappointment. <laughs> he has to drink from the plastic cup at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> he sits at the kids' table. Yeah, exactly. In fact, he's not even allowed to speak. Like, Mom, I retired from the Space Force. I'm 46. When do I get to move to the big table? <laughs> why can't I have a glass cup? <laughs> you know why. Go pretend you don't know why. Don't talk to your father. He's in a mood. <laughs> wear your, wear your, don't wear your Star Trek to dinner. Your Star Trek uniform. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost the same thing, Dad. We're both looking at screens, you know? <laughs> I don't have any windows. You don't have any windows. <laughs> Sunday fun day still occurs for you and me. Sunday fun. Uh, it means Monday. something way so different fun. as a Submariner. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No more hot bunking. Yep. All right. This next story. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Four generations. They they had a story uh, back on Father's Day, um, and I think it was uh, an Air Force. I think it was Air Force. Uh, it was an Air Force like uh, E eight, and he was deployed. And his daughter was a lieutenant, and she was deployed to the same place, and they got to spend Father's Day together. So those stories are pretty cool. Those are pretty neat. I like how that man successfully influenced the second generation. Like, don't go enlisted. Go commissioned. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, right. You don't want to be there. Every, every one of us. Like, Army, they were like, go Air Force. Air Force enlisted, we're like, go commissioned. <laughs> it is funny when you talk to some of these vets and how their sons, when they tell them, they're like, don't go in the fucking Marines, man. Yeah. You know, or don't yeah. go in the Army. Be smart. Go do something yeah. that you can do something afterwards. No. Yeah. But that's many VA fights that probably gave them that advice. So, Whew. all right. For next sure. story uh, I have mixed feelings about. But let's see what you guys think. So this is from Stripes.com. The Supreme Court agrees to hear a case that could expand VA education benefits to nearly 2 million vets. How, you ask? Well, that's a good question. How? Uh, The Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case that could provide billions of dollars in education benefits to about 1.7 million post-9-11 veterans. 
The case centers on whether veterans who qualified for the Montgomery GI Bill and the post 9-11 GI Bill for multiple, I don't understand this, multiple periods of military service. I don't understand. So, so remember, if you came in before 9-11, right. and before that post 9-11 GI Bill got enacted, right. you paid into the MGI Bill. And then after 9-11 Bill came out, they were like, which one do you want? And you had to convert your GI Bill over to the 9-11 Bill or retain Oh, that's GI right. Bill. I did forget that because I yeah. got screwed on the GI Bill because they're like, you have to have, I think, one more year or uh, remaining. And I was like, yeah. yeah, but that puts me beyond 20. And they're like, well, we can't give it to you. Uh, so I got totally screwed out of the post 9-11. Because some yeah, reason I, get, I couldn't extend out enough time for them to go, okay, you're good. So and I you never, never converted, so you had the GI Bill, right? Remember when that damn thing came out? That was the most confusing oh, yeah. thing oh, yeah. that they put out. It's like, how do you – and we're all like, what do you do? What do you do? And they, they sent teams down to try to educate people. And really it came down to like, well, if you got enough time – if you're available to go like three more years, then you get it. Yeah. I don't know. It was very, very confusing. And and there's always a service commitment required, right? Like yeah. if you converted over the post 9-11, then you had to get a three or four year service commitment or whatever. Right. And that was and, the and dumbest shit. From the conversion date. And then yeah. also... If you wanted to put one of your dependents on as the recipient, you had to have you had time. to have another service commitment. Yes. So I I know one of my good friends. He stayed in an extra year or two. I knew a couple that so they could give it to their kids. Plan- That's right. exactly it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I'm it, still lost on the service commitment. You have to stay in a certain amount of years after you pass that on. To, to your, whomever. To so, whomever. So Eric, as soon I'll give as you it just came extends out, the period. Extends the period. Yeah. It does, but I'll give you yeah. an example. I I I think I was at like 18 years when they came out with the post 9-11 GI Bill. And they were like, well, you have to have three years retainability. Yep. And I was like, well, I don't I you know, I don't know if I can extend past 20. You know, there was a this big question and stuff. But it's like, well, we can't give you nine post 9-11 GI Bill and a post 9-11 GI Bill, the one different feature than that, because basically both bills are the same about what they give you. But the one thing about post 9-11 was that you could will it to your kids. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's a good deal. And they're like, well, you have to have three years or whatever it is, three more years. And I said, well, yeah. I just signed my enlistment. I will have to, that would put me, I would have to re reenlist. I don't know. It was really screwed. And I got screwed out of it. And I was like, well, what about all the years that I've done so far? Yeah, prior. Yeah. No, it, it was three prior. or two or three years from when you signed that paperwork. Yeah. It was three. So I'm, I remember yeah. it exactly. It was three. And then so for me, like let's pretend like initially I sign up for me and my son. If I later on decided to add my daughter as a potential recipient. I would have to have retainability from that date to add my daughter also. So even if I did, oh shit, I didn't know that from the initial one. Yeah, yeah, it was it was some BS. Now 
I immediately signed up for it and immediately put 1% on both of them. Yeah, that was smart. So that they're eligible. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So how many, was, it was... How, many, how many of the folks that uh, have huge college debt are looking at this going, wow, the military gets tuition assistance where it's almost all paid for and they come out with no debt. Well, that's supposed to be one of the incentives, right? And percent. But how many times have those guys said, you know, I need all my debt washed away. If these guys can do it, regardless of what their incentive is, why shouldn't I get the same deal? Because they didn't provide any service. Well, they would beg to differ when they talk about their education, what they're going to be able to provide when they walk out of school. I hear you. And I I know what argument you're going for. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's like, Hey, go dig a hole for, you know, several years and then we'll give you some college tuition. Yeah. So, I mean, and to be fair, the military has been very good to us. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Um, but you trade you trade your body and the threat of getting shot for they, those benefits. You know? Not only that, like think about the leave restrictions we lived under oh, yeah. Yeah. for decades. Right? Right. They get their yeah. pound of flesh. That's a oh, good right? point. How many weekends you for, gave up, right? Yeah. How many yeah, weekends all you them. gave up? Yeah. How many on call? Like you're on call unless you're on leave, basically. Yeah. Depending and, on what career yeah. field they had. And it's and if you leave the local area, you can be charged with yeah. and get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, and it's so. not only not only that, but you got a kid that's sick, and it's like, oh, they, we can't just give you a day off. We'll put you in for a day of leave. I was like, I got to burn a day of leave because my kid is yeah. sick. And they're like, yep. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it, I got fourteen it, of those. They're like, it's yep, all burn. yeah, and it's yeah. all dependent on what squadron you work for at the time and their yeah. manning level. Right. So they right. definitely got their pound of flesh out yeah. of you. Well, yeah. And, well, you have, and I'm you, certainly not complaining. My degrees are both no. when I was active duty. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but yeah. you, and, and you know, I think the for some of the vets that get out um, that are reluctant to take advantage of some of those things, it's, it, you, you have to realize that you are, you, you raised your hand and you could be. Uh, in a dangerous situation, or you could just be in a normal situation that turns yeah. dangerous. <laughs> we yeah. do some pretty lousy nah, stuff. See, there, Space right? Force, you don't even face the threat. You just sit down. Here's your Dude, not our talking AC just went about out Space the other day. Force, right? Your monitor. Just because oh. you had no choices, <laughs> uh, you know, after- because of your ASVAB scores. Don't be afraid. We won't send you anywhere. That's because you're Sit you had you had one job available Ugh. after your ASVAB score. <laughs> doesn't mean you should get mad at the space force, Eric. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was smarter. I did. <laughs> like, hey, Amongst guess your what? Peers, you got cop. Congratulations! They're like, fucking. You are very to- smart in that. <laughs> Thank pool. you, Jay. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, you know what, though? I did apply in the cable and antenna maintenance field. That's what I wanted to be. Cable and antenna maintenance. And based and? on your tractor driving story that you told us, <laughs> it's probably a good thing yeah, you didn't exactly. go into that. <laughs> How is that That's probably mind? true. Probably true. Eric's not in some heavy piece of equipment, is he? <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go to let, let's finish the story up. 
Um, <laughs> we didn't so even get into it. <laughs> it went to the so he wants to basically this guy wants to draw off of both bills, right? Since the newer post 9-11 GI Bill became effective in 2009, the VA has limited veterans to benefits from one program or the other. So the Supreme Court will hear arguments in the fall and issue a final decision in the spring. Here's the case. Army veteran James Rudisell filed a lawsuit against the DA or the VA uh, eight years ago. Eight years ago. He served at three different times. I don't know what that means. Maybe he came on active duty three different times. But it says he served at three different times in the Army between 2000 and 2011. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan and qualified for the Montgomery GI Bill and the post-9-11 GI Bill. But, you know, GI Bill, uh, post-9-11 only came out in 2009. So there's an issue there already. Both GI Bills offer 36 months of education benefits, but vary when it comes to what expenses are covered beyond tuition. The Montgomery benefits must be used within 10 years of an honorable discharge and post 9-11 benefits do not expire for veterans whose service ended after June 1st, 2013. So, Rodicel attempted to use his education benefits in 2015 to attend Yale Divinity School and become an Army chaplain. The VA restricted Rudisell to three years of educational benefits, and he was not permitted to use the extra year. Well, I don't know what the extra year is, but he was not permitted to use a year from combining both GI Bill programs. Was that the third year of service that we were talking? No, this well, this is a, for it, for his fourth year degree. Okay, he ran out of GI Bill stuff after thirty six months, right? So. He needed another year, so he thought, oh, I used all my post-9-11, I'll just use GI Bill. And they were like, no, 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 you will not. <laughs> so he, he took it to court, and they went up uh, It's up at the Supreme Court now. Wow. Interesting. Uh, attorneys who represent Rudisell said, quote, should we prevail in the U.S. Supreme Court, approximately 1.7 million post-9-11 veterans will be eligible to receive additional education benefits, totaling billions of dollars. That seems like a bad thing. Actually, uh, well, Marty, that would totally affect. I don't know about you, Eric, but that I know that would double the amount of benefits I would get because yeah. I only I converted over to the post 9 11. And if this goes through, I would get to use both 70 and that would go towards your children, correct? Well, the post 9 11, I know it can go towards the children, and then they're both signed up if they need it. But I don't. I know the the MGI bill was never transferable. I don't. No, think. it was never transferable. Yeah, it was just for you. Yeah, it was just a member only. So I mean, okay. potentially one of my kids could get a four year degree, yep. and I could be an expert scuba instructor. <laughs> thanks to the government, which makes America stronger. How strong good would that be? America? I was reading the rest of the story, and Rudisill. He must have got really upset because when he was unable to attend the divinity school, he became a special agent. With he the went FBI. for the FBI. <laughs> I, was like, God damn. I thought you had to have a college degree to go to the FBI. <laughs> he said, I don't want to be a chaplain. Boy. Let's kill he, didn't, he didn't have his chaplain's degree. <laughs> least, <people>. you know? 
probably had a degree, just not in divinity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's quite the shift. It yeah, is. For, let's be a chaplain. To, yeah. ooh, I wonder, FBI. so um, he had a break in service, right? So I guess so. He must have been a reservist right? or something. That's so he had to have been in active duty and then a break and then reserve or something like that. Yeah. In that case, literally just go on orders and TA will pay for your damn yeah. fourth year. Everybody forgets right. about TA. All That's the young point. people don't go know on anything orders. about TA. Right? Yeah. Did you use that, Eric? Give me a break. I did not. My my whole time was active duty when I was doing it. So, yeah, that's okay. TA though. Yeah, but yeah. but tuition. Your tuition assistance is what you I can mean. knock yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of college off with. Oh yes. yeah, tuition assistance. And I Just was even clapping. able to and clapping clap. and clapping. Oh yeah, I clapped a few of those too. Yeah, you yeah. Can get you can get a good quarter or a half of yeah. all your requirements done for that. And that didn't take a whole lot of study. I pulled out some books from the library on. A couple subjects and was able to go. Oh, I don't know much about it, but let's yeah. give it a shot. Yeah, pulled a couple out the old hole back here. <laughs> yeah, they're sitting at the education center. The old like, smugglers. Pouch. Oh, here comes Parade again. <laughs> He's trying it one more time. <laughs> Is there a limit for this? <laughs> no, just there was. No, just let him was. keep coming back. It's all right. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. The like, gentle like giants. early on days of the three drinks at the deed where they did a circle, circle, circle. That was the early on days. They're like, uh, yeah. Tracking you get your that one guy off. and they're like, okay, you get like three circles and then two. Uh, like, oh. I mean, that, that fits well into my security administration. <laughs> oh. All right. Anyway, that's what I thought. Uh, we'll see how that uh, we'll see in the fall what the Supreme Court decides about it. I yep. Now yeah. for now for some hijinks. Hijinks from TaskAndPurpose.com. The California National Guard is still missing a Humvee in Northern California. <laughs> yeah. Interesting article. We didn't leave in Afghanistan. That's probably where it's at. The oh, no. ones are accounted for. <laughs> yeah, they're all in the Taliban. The Taliban hand receipted it from us. So. They did the hand receipt paperwork yeah. for it. They did the inspection. They're like, thanks, buddy. As is? This? All right. Right, right here. This one? No, they have no accountability for it. So just ahead of the 4th of July, someone stole a Humvee from a National Guard armory in Santa Rosa, California. <laughs> the article says, if you see it, or know where it is, the California National Guard would like it back. The Humvee was stolen from the Santa Rosa National Guard Armory just after 10 p.m. on Monday, July 3rd. It has been missing since, with California Highway Patrol unable to find it over the 4th of July week. And I searched, and I couldn't find an update. I don't think they still have found it. (laughs) California Highway Patrol says there is evidence the thief climbed into the area over a fence using a tarp to get over the defensive wire before using the Humvee to crash through a gate on the way out. Now that's like straight out of the A team or oh, easy, yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, and you know he drove straight to the family barbecue. <laughs> he was the damn hit of that Fourth of July barbecue. Is there no more appropriate state than California? Oh. That'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Look what your and uncle just, just got. Look up. at this. Yep. Uh-huh. Hey, can we go for a ride? He's like, sure, Heck climb yeah, on can. in. Push the button. 
What are you doing? <laughs> oh my god. Make sure the glow oh, plugs that's, that's are the thing. warmed up. Make sure the exactly. glow plugs Exactly. Like that's up. the thing about those Humvees that a lot of civilians don't know. There's like 90% of them are just push button. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. There's no no real keys. There's no thing, nothing. You it's had the chalk switches, on the tire. Right? Yeah. The two switches. The chalk on the down. tire, and then yeah. you play around with it, and it's and up. maybe they chain the steering wheel up. <laughs> you know, that's Whatever that's the locks I've seen. That's that's the only way to secure it, right? Because there there's yeah. no key. No keys. You just got to make sure that, like I said, the glow plug's warm, and then burnt, fire it up. Yep. Well. In case you're wondering, this isn't the first time someone stole a Humvee from the California National Guard. In 2021, a thief took one from an armory in Bell, California, near Los Angeles. The driver avoided capture for three days before the FBI located the abandoned Humvee near the Los Angeles River. Another Humvee was taken from the Army Reserves Center in Upland, California. In 2020, when a parolee, a parolee was able to steal it. But he was apprehended shortly after, and in 2021, he was sentenced to 34 months in prison. So this article got me to thinking of, I don't know why these two stories came up. These two stories, one is from 87 and one is from 95. I was wondering if you guys remember these stories, right? So this first one was in Colorado in 1987. This is from the UPI. Remember the UPI? Remember it was just AP yeah. and UPI? UPI. I think yep. UPI is defunct now. The, um, so, but in 1987, two guys steal a howitzer from Fort Carson for a joyride <laughs> on the highway. <laughs> That's awesome. In 1987, an Army private and his buddy stole uh, a field artillery, a mechanized field artillery piece. Uh, early Wednesday and went on a 75-mile joyride. 75 miles they went in that damn thing. With a howitzer. With a howitzer. Uh, chased by dozens of patrol cars until it broke down near Denver. <laughs> Officials said the 27-ton self-propelled howitzer <laughs> was stolen from the motor pool by a private station at Fort Carson and a former soldier who carried a medically retired identification card and said he wanted to, quote, go to war. He didn't specify with who. Nope. Just life. He's going to Denver. Denver. (laughs) Authorities said they did not try to stop the 27-ton self-propelled howitzer because they did not know if it was armed or the intentions of the men inside. Plus, how are you going to stop it? Yeah. I mean, so (laughs) is this a tracked vehicle? Oh yeah. Or is it being towed? It's not being towed. Look up. Look up one five five millimeter self propelled howitzer. Hey, how fast was that cop chase? <laughs> Not like, they said forty five miles an as hour. A, as a cop, you're just like, are we just gonna wait for him to run out of gas? <laughs> well, right. this what's is why the, I don't really what's believe the MPG that. on this thing. They <laughs> not much. Uh, but uh, authorities said, or I'm sorry. The two suspects, Private John Clare, 19, and Robert Torres, 26, were arrested at about 3.30 a.m. and later returned to Fort Carson along with the Hauser. One state patrol officer wondered at a possible connection between the suspect who was medically retired and the Veteran Administration Hospital, which is located only 10 blocks from where the motorized uh, field artillery piece stopped. 
because of a mechanical breakdown. Oh, How intimidating that, could that have been? That right? puts a new twist on it, right? Mm. It's like, I'm going to the VA. <laughs> with my howitzer. Dude, you're at Colorado Springs. He's like, I'll make it. He's going to war with the VA. That could no be. That's totally understandable. The procession traveling at a top speed of 45 miles per hour made its way north on the interstate through Colorado Springs, Castle Rock, and the suburbs south of Denver before exiting on a ramp on the east side of the city. Is that 225 you think he got off on? It has to be. Uh, it went another four miles before their vehicle broke down. An Army official said there was enough fuel left to travel another 200 miles. Holy, Holy cow. How is that possible in that thing? Well, slow and steady. That's a lot of fuel. Slow and steady. So can they be? Can it be wheels and tracked? Is it or just? No, wheels? they're all tracked. It was tracked. Okay. Yeah, they're all tracked. tracked. Yeah. So I remember that because I was in college. I remember hearing that story like the next day, and I was like, "These sons of bitches tried to drive this thing from Fort or Fort Carson to Denver." So, but I remember. I thought I had heard that it was because the guy's girlfriend broke up with him, which made total sense to me. You know, Bill a, pri- a private who doesn't have a car, his girlfriend in Denver breaks up with him. He's like, I'm going to go get her. That makes more sense than I'm going to go to war. Here's what's funny is we all look at these stories and we're like, this is ridiculous. And yet I know a very distinct story of some drunk staff sergeants. Yeah. Oh, that were cleaning up after a party, and then there was a bobcat over there. And we're Shut like, that Firing it up! <laughs> Firing it up! Let's go! Yes. Uh-oh. Yes, that's true. It's <laughs> not beyond the realm, right? I mean, we can exactly. believe it. Exactly. Right? Is that staff sergeant three... name? Nope. <laughs> and at three in the morning, you know they were drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were probably drinking in the howitzer. So. Yeah. Hmm. Brodies. <laughs> and then the other story, um, and this one was this one was a big one, right? The uh, tank rampage in San Diego. In 1995, oh, Sean Nelson stole a tank from a National Guard armory, rumbled across a San Diego neighborhood, and into the realm of legend. <laughs> right? That's crazy. <laughs> so here is... I'll just, I'll just play bits and pieces of this. I 100% remember this one. Can you see it? Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. San Diego, California, 1995. A man with a history of metal problems has stolen a tank from a military installation. Look at that. Now this disturbed fugitive is on the loose with a 60 Yeah. Take it down. Running over traffic or traffic lights. These people are completely at the mercy of whoever's in this tank right now. Officer Jaeger and his partner hover high above the horror as the metal monster begins its rampage. The metal monster. The lethal treads reduce cars to piles. Oh, he got that jump. Right over there. Fearful for his life, a terrified driver quickly backs away from the oncoming tank. That was a smart move. Smart move. The entire street is covered with the ruins of smashed cars and down power lines. This guy's got to still be through the crowded neighborhood, nearly side. So he goes through the neighborhood. He gets on the highway. He charges through an intersection. Right. But a 
It's too late. Gray's driver is headed onto the freeway. There you go. Gets on the highway. Now the police are determined to end this nightmare. But the maniac makes one final desperate Can move. you hear it? Yep. Yeah. Into the center divider. Uh, we got it. Oh, rookie move, baby. Well, he high centers himself on that barrier between uh, the highways. There's no time to waste. He's, he sat in that tank for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Tank. They forced the hatch open, not knowing oh, maybe that man is armed. He's still trying to drive it. You can see the exhaust. Oh, yeah. The police officer orders the driver to surrender. But the lunatic has no intention of giving up. Lunatic. <laughs> the patrolman has no choice but to I'll discharge his weapon. That guy's, that guy's butt cracking on national TV right there. all of history. The most heroic thing I have ever seen from the air. It was outstanding. Thanks to the bravery of the San Diego police <laughs> and the California Highway Patrol, no citizens are harmed. That was an M60 wow. tank he took, too. There you go. Nice. Oh, yeah. So that was 1995. I wonder where this guy is today. Oh, he died. Are you they, serious? When they <laughs> shot him, they shot him, like in the shoulder, and I think he died in the hospital. Oh, I was, I didn't know he died. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Oh. So. Anyway. Face, Eric. Don't steal your M60 tank. No, don't Good steal die. an M60 tank. Good die. Not good for you. All right, moving on. Uh, let's talk about celebrities, shall we? Celebrities. Military.com had this story about bluegrass pioneer and Rocky Top singer Bobby Osborne um, and how he was in Korea and he got shot in the head. So Ooh. do you know that song, Rocky Top? Yep. Good old Tennessee. Rocky Top, Rocky yeah. Top, Tennessee. Tennessee. Right? Yep. So there were two brothers. The one brother, Bobby Osborne, he was drafted uh into the uh no he went in the marines he went in the marines during korea so let me read you his write-up real quick uh he got he got drafted in the marines in 1951 and one night in korea he and some fellow marines were sent on a quote-unquote fox hunt a mission to capture an enemy prisoner could you imagine that it's like hey go up to the enemy lines and bring back an enemy prisoner Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. They had to climb an enemy held hill and infiltrate their position in the middle of the night. By the time Osborne reached the top of the hill, the enemy had opened up on them with small arms and mortars. They jumped into a 10 foot trench and cleared it. But when they were climbed out, Bobby didn't realize he'd been hit. He said, by the time I got to the top of the trench light, it felt like someone just poured warm water all over. Ooh. I couldn't see. And it was dark. Uh, Bobby Osborne had been shot in the head. He then passed out while still on the enemy hill. The battle was over when I came to, and my helmet was gone, and it was so cold. And they, they think the cold saved his life. Oh, I bet. So he stumbled back to his lines, got found another guy. They found the tank, and they fixed him up. But he went on to him and his brother uh, as part of, I can't even remember the group, Sonny and Bobby Osborne. Big bluegrass singers. So that I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought we, you, could play a game. All right. All right. So we all know some celebrities who've been in the military. Yep. But this game is 
you have to guess, or I'm going to show you the celebrity, and you tell me the branch that they went into. All right? Done. The branch that they went into. So the first one's pretty easy. I give you a little... Army. I give you a little gimme with uh, Elvis, right? Army. Hey, hey Marty. Yeah. If we're going to do this, it uh, you might want to hide the whole lower half that said drafted into the army in 1957. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason Eric got it. Our, our <laughs> I know. Oh, shit. Army. Army. Because I had to play the slideshow. This was now, the gimme, though. Now he we're in the slideshow. All right. Okay. So uh, Elvis we Presley went into the army. Look at that graphic. Isn't it nice? And mm. then slams down. All right. Rob Riggle. Oh, he's a Rob Marine. Riggle. Yeah, he was a Army. Marine. Right? Oh, really? Oh, Eric. I thought Army. One for Jake. All right. Rob Riggle. Ooh. Marines. By the way, it's not changing on mine. I still got Elvis. Yeah, because you're cheating, Eric. That's I'm not why. cheating. I'm looking at Elvis. It's not. It's moving. not. Oh, my screen is paused. What is that? That's fine, moving? Marty. Don't let Eric cheat. <laughs> Why is it saying Just my keep, screen is paused? Keep, uh, keep. Jake! My feelings are hurt. One slide behind. <laughs> Rob Riggle, Marine. My feelings are hurt. Adam Driver. Do you know who Adam Driver is? Yeah, yeah the guy who played in the Star Wars movie. Yeah. He was a Marine, too, I think. He was a Marine, too. Okay, Marine. Yeah. I'm going to give two points to <laughs> Jake. No points to you, Eric. Okay. <laughs> is, do, is it like a buzzer? No I need a buzzer. I will wait until your guess. But Adam Driver uh, joined the Marines after the, the September 11, 2001 attacks. He was medically discharged after two years of service. Hmm. Yeah. So okay. nice. All right. Morgan Freeman. Oh. Uh, Vietnam, probably. Army. Ar- Army. And you're both wrong. He was Air Force. Oh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, Air Force. Joined in 1955. He served as a radar tech and realized that flying in the Air Force was not for him, so he left the military almost four years later. That old velvet. No points awarded. (laughs) MC Hammer. I'm going Navy. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll go Army. Eric is right with Navy. Oh, it Stanley, just sounded right. Stanley Kirk Burrell, MC Hammer, joined in 1979, served as an aviation storekeeper, third class until 1983 when he left. Nice. So one for Eric, two for Jake. Baggy pants. All right. You should, I think you guys should know this one. <laughs> Drew Carey. You know, comedian uh, Drew Carey. Oh, I think he. Yeah. I think he was Marine, also, wasn't he? I I'm going too. Marine. I will too. All right, he was Marines. Yeah. So, uh, Carey. I know my Marines. Eric Carey enlisted in the United States Marine Corps Reserve <laughs> in 1980 and served for six years as a field radio operator in the 25th Marine Regiment in Ohio. Good to see that, man. All right, Good so to three to three to two. Marvin Gaye. Oh, older guy. Army. <laughs> older guy. <laughs> oh, I'm just talking about going back. I'm, I'm looking at what's going guy. on, Eric. What's, going, what's on? going on? <laughs> what's going on? 
you know what? Marvin Gaye had to be in the army. Did you both say the army? Yep. And you're both wrong. Oh. Air Force. Damn, really? He was drafted in the United States Air Force in 1956. He served as a basic airman and worked as an aerial gunner on the KC-97 Straddle Freighter aircraft. And then moved to the B-36 because it was a badass bomber. <laughs> no. No, he did not. No, he did not. <laughs> no points awarded. Hey, uh, how come we don't know? Like, We have to learn about all these other BS people that were in the Air Force. We don't know about cool people that were in the Air Force. I know. I know. Morgan Freeman. the Air Force. Marvin Gaye. Okay. Before you even get there, the one that I know, because he was a cop, Chuck Norris, Air Force. We're not there yet. No. No. Yes. I'm telling you. Air Force cop. Mr. T. Mr. T. Lawrence Turriod is his real name. I'm I'm hard hard strung between Marine or Army. I'm I'll going go, Navy. I'm going Army. He was in the Army. Oh, he enlisted in 1975, and he was an MP. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I gotta I gotta go different from Eric. That's All right, we so we're tied. Team. We're tied up three three. Yep. And I'm not gonna read Chuck Norris because you blurted it out already. Oh, Thanks, well, Eric. I knew, I knew that one because that's big Air Force cop talk. Yeah, he I was mean, an Air Force to prove it. <laughs> uh, Air Policeman in 1950, in 1958 and is sent to Osan. Yeah. yeah. All right. Eric's he- got Chuck's signature right here. <laughs> I tattooed it. <laughs> right above my left cheek. <laughs> I tattooed it. All right. <laughs> James Earl Jones. Oh. So, good movie, voice. Gardens of the Stone. Yeah. John, James Earl Jones was in that. So, I'm going to go Army because he was Army in that movie with James Conn. Well, he was Navy in uh, uh, Hunt for Red October. Oh, that's true. I'm sticking I'm with going Army. Navy. You're going Navy? He was in yep. the Army. Ah. Now, listen so, to this one. This, this wait, is pretty wait, cool. Wait. James Conn tells him, sometimes the bear eats you, sometimes you eat the bear. From the movie. <laughs> oh Evidently, that was a big moment in your... You gotta check that movie out, man. Garden I've seen that. Have you? you didn't like it? Good movie. That was alright. Okay. Uh, he attended Michigan and was in the ROTC after graduating in 1955. He was wow. sent to Fort Benning, Georgia uh, for the officer's basic course and he completed ranger school. Wow. That's a wow. I mean, think about that. 1955, black guy going through ranger school. That's pretty yeah, bad. That's pretty cool, that's man. Badass. Yeah. And he was assigned to the 38th Regimental Combat Team, where he led the setup of a cold weather training command at Camp Hale near Leadville, Colorado. Nice. Yeah. And then he got out. A little more respect for that guy. Nice. All right. Eric, you are in the lead, four to three. Jimmy Stewart. Air Force. I knew that right off the bat. Air Force. Well, you're both wrong. It's Army Air Corps. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) Drafted during World War II, he enlisted in the Army Air Corps, was eventually assigned to a unit overseas. He rose quickly in the ranks, eventually flying lead in a bombardment squadron in 1943. Uh, 
Later in the Army Reserves, he participated in a bombing mission in the Vietnam War. He didn't officially retire from the Army until 1968 when... Damn, I didn't know he was in that long. Wow. He was promoted to a two-star general. Is this like that? The, the Navy promotion? Tombstone. Yeah. No, this was a legit. I think he stayed all the way until he was a general. I didn't know he was a general. And he major. flew an actual bombing mission? Is that what he said? That's what actual? he says. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. I, didn't, I thought he was more like, you know, uh, war bonds. All right. Advertising kind of stuff. All right, five to yeah. four. I'll give you points on that. Charles Bronson. Oh. Had no idea. Uh, I'm going Army. I'll go Navy. I think he's, he, I can see him with that little white hat on. He was in. <laughs> he looks stellar in a white hat. He was in the Army Air Corps. Oh. 1943, he enlisted was, and became a, half a point. He became a tail gunner on the on a B-29. Upon discharge, he received a Purple Heart. So no what? points awarded. What? I got half a point. No, you did not. <laughs> I said Army. And you should have got half a point when you said Air Force and it was Army Air Corps before. That's probably valid, too. <laughs> Five to four, Eric Leeds. Bob Barker. Oh, Bob. He looks like an old... He's, he seems like a steaman if I've ever seen one. A swabby. A, he is a ladies' man. <laughs> he was always kissing and smoozing on all the ladies. What do you say, Eric? So, man, I don't know. I'm going to go Air Force. Bob Barker in the Navy. Hey, in the Navy. He joined the Navy Reserve in 43. He became active as oh. a cadet. And he trained at eight different wartime locations and flew eight different airplanes. We can see your screen now, Marty. Oh, there yeah, you I know. All right. Just but making that's sure. Why I, that's why I took it off. So I'm going Integrity. Back. I'm switching like slides. third or something. Jake, you got that, right? Mm-hmm. So we're tied up. Five yep. to five. Bob. Ernest Borgnine. I got to be honest. I know the name, but I... Got nothing. So think about the first Poseidon Adventure movie. Poseidon Adventure, yeah. yeah Poseidon the Adventure. flipped over Gene Hackman. God damn it, my dad much older. I guess I am. Yeah, no, uh, I remember hey. Poseidon Adventure. You, okay. ever saw, you never saw the original is that the Poseidon one, Adventure? Is that the one where they went? They took the aircraft carrier back in time. No, no, that's <laughs> no. 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 the final countdown. Close. I'm I'm gonna go Navy for Ernest Borgnine because I'll go Army. he did a lot of Navy movies. That's oh, true. Okay. He was in the Navy. Oh, oh Ernest hey joined in 1935, discharged in 1941, but then went back in after Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. Oh man, yeah, badass. Served ten years total. There you go. I thought for sure you would know who he was, Jake. I, I knew the name, but I... All right. Uh, you said name... Oh, you're in the lead now, Eric, right? No, we're tied. Oh, you're yeah, tied you back again? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, we're coming down to it. Chris Christopherson. Do you know Chris Christopherson? Singer, yeah. actor, Singer. did the vampire movies. Yeah, he was in Blade, right? Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. 
So uh, he's older. I don't think he goes back. World War. I'm going to go Air Force. Army. I'll, I was going to say Army Air Corps, but I don't think he goes that far back. Oh, he's not that old now. Yeah, he's not that old. He's still alive too. So I'll go Navy. Oh, you both I'll get wrong. some Navy vibes. Oh, Army, Army. really? Yeah, he joined in 1960. Mm. He earned mm. his Ranger tab. And then became a helicopter pilot. I would have never thought he was an airman. I was like, damn, damn it. He looks like a badass, man. Yeah, look That's at that. a heck of a profile right yeah, there. Yeah, look at that Ranger tab right there. Yeah. Nice. Eric, how you feel about that hairline? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. He's got me there, baby. <laughs> He's got me there, too. <laughs> All right, last one. This is the tiebreaker. You remember the Golden Girls? Uh, I do. You've seen the Golden Girls, right? Jake B and B Arthur. What about the grandma? Oh, that's not that's not not the grandma. Oh, she was was she Maude? She She was Maude Maude too. Yeah, Yeah. she was Maude too. Right. B (laughs) B Arthur is a hardcore old bag. Yeah, that was in the Marine Corps. Oh. Um. Yeah, she's badass. So. I'm like, I'm going to go with Jake. Marines. All right. Marines. Yeah. B. Arthur was in the Marines on February 18, 1943. She spent 1944 and 45 at U.S. Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, North Carolina, where she worked as a driver and a dispatcher. And she reached the rank of staff sergeant. She looked pretty good to bring well, that's pretty Marty. good, you guys. Ty, wait, 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 celebrity. Marty. What? There was another golden girl that was in the military. She wasn't really in the military. You're talking about Betty White. Yes. But she wasn't in the military. She was in like an auxiliary. In the army. Not really. <laughs> oh, are you saying the wasps are an auxiliary or something? Not really. Oh, what was, what branch? What branch are they then? Army Air Corps. Army Air Corps, <laughs> the wasps were, but nope. Eddie White was in the army. She wasn't really in it. Oh. Well, she didn't do any push-ups. She just did a lot of bake sales. <laughs> oh, I've seen early Betty. There was something pushed up. Oh, yeah. Betty was looking all right back then. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Anyway, our epic battle ends in a tie. Well done, gentlemen. <laughs> all right. End up, fellas. End up. Uh, on behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more Service Headline News. Man, thanks for the week, and I'll see you next week. I'm on the hunt for a new military history day. What are you doing? I have no idea. I really hope video was recorded for that. calories. <laughs> That ruined. You gotta get you a shake weight there, Eric. You gotta get you some shake weights. Double ear height. No, man. I'm reliving the tractor thing. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) You're freaking. Hey, Eric. Just don't wear out that picture, okay? (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.